Sasha. Hey, Courtney. You know, I really don't like Russian dolls. What, you don't like Matryoshka dolls? Why not? They're so full of themselves. Uh... Uh, it's spoop hour. paranormal comedy podcast that takes a look at ghosts cryptids and everything that scares us spoiler alert it's everything yeah a lot of things scare us like a shit ton of things yeah as always find us on twitter and instagram at Mm -hmm. spoop hour or write to us especially if you've got fun submissions yeah uh, at spoop hour at gmail.com if you had a friday the 13th experience this past week where some weird shit went down to you write us about it yeah we'd love to hear it my weird Friday the 13th thing was more that I was lucky we got extra food at Popeye's. Yeah, we that did. That we didn't order. They gave us extra mashed potatoes and red beans and rice. It was awesome. So. But I ate those today. <laughs> my Friday the 13th was also lucky because we hit 2,000 downloads. We did. Woo! So thanks for listening, you guys. We love it. And thanks especially to our, um, like, in real life friends who listen to our podcast. Yes. And it always makes me really happy when, like, real life friends are like, we listen to your podcast. Especially. Especially my Disney friend who listened to our last Disney episode and confirmed my worst suspicion, (laughs) which is that while the internet and Disney likes to tamp down that that people, you know, don't sprinkle ashes or they're, you know, always caught or, you know, it's like, don't do it. It never really happens. You know, just why would anyone dump ashes? The reality is that people dump ashes like every day. For sure. And um, so my friend, my friend texted me and <laughs> said that it's really sad because they have to vacuum it up. Yeah. But it's like you can't have you can't have human, human remains. Yeah, cremains. But you can't have human remains like at on a an di- amusement park. On an amusement park, like really anywhere in public, you can't have human remains. No. And so like it sucks, but they have to vacuum them up. So if you're thinking about depositing your loved one's ashes some like in Haunted Mansion don't. and then you want to go visit them later, don't because they're gone. Yeah. <laughs> like they are long gone. Their ghost is now haunting the vacuum cleaner in yeah. Disney. So it sucks so much for the person who has to do that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it's gotta be bummer to be on vacuum duty that day because it's like, I'm sorry, it's not my rule. Right. So according to my friend who isn't just a cast member, she works for the company. Um, <laughs> which is like she's in the mafia well no but that's the thing like there's it a very big difference mafia. like if you're a cast member yeah. or if you're with the company um gave me the good intel so the good deets the good deets so yeah so that was a thing whereas so that's an update to our last episode also as an update to our last episode another real life friend of ours who listens to our podcast mm-hmm. messaged me and goes as soon as you were doing a disney episode as soon as you got to the part about tower of terror i was like she's gonna talk about the bellhop isn't she because uh, she's one of the people who was with me when yep. it happened the bellhop the bellhop <laughs> hottie mchop he was he was real hot yeah it's fine but he was probably also a college student yeah. like on the college partnership right. program and, and we were all like 15 16, y- yeah exactly so we were all babies yeah <laughs> 
So just some some of us were hot babies. If you're out there somewhere, so if then, you're out there, hit us up. Spoopower at gmail.com. Yeah. And what was the other thing that I wanted to bring up? Oh. Oh. Yesterday, I went to... <laughs> I love that we thought of it at the exact same moment. Right. Yesterday, I went to the Cherry Blossom Festival in D.C. It was heckin' hot. Yep. It was in the mid-80s yesterday. Making it, it worse. 58 degrees today. Which is why I have a migraine. But also, <laughs> making matters worse is, if you follow us on Twitter, you know RAC broke... On Friday? On Thursday. Thursday. So... Or and no, it was... It was Friday. It was yeah, Friday. We were, we were all yeah, I turned it on sweating. On, yeah. I turned yeah. it on on Thursday, and then... Friday night, we were all sitting here sweating, and all of us thought we had various physical ailments, like a fever or the sweats or whatever. And then I'm like, oh, the thermostat says 80. That's probably why we're hot. Yeah. And they didn't fix it for a long time. So, started from a baseline of hot yesterday before you went to the Cherry Right, and so it was already sweaty. I was really uncomfortable, (laughs) like, getting ready to go to the Cherry Blossom Festival in D.C. And then I get there, and... It was on Pennsylvania Avenue, mm-hmm. and they've done this thing because it's a ticketed event now. They mm-hmm. have fences set up, so you can't go, like, take a break in the shade of the buildings or sit oh. on the grassy area. You have to, like, you're just sequestered in this, like, Boiling hot on the pavement. pavement. And the sun was bright, no. and there were no clouds. Or if there were clouds, it was minimal, and they never somehow made it over the sun. They were and mostly just, just there to be like, haha, fuck you. Fuck you. <laughs> but while I was waiting in a very sweaty and long line to get lunch... There was a girl in the line parallel to us with a really cool Ida bag. If you've never seen one of these, it's it's a just a bag that has a clear window on it so you can put anything, like your pins and whatever, so you don't risk losing them. Them falling off, yeah. yeah. It's a Japanese import. But just she had like a, you. Ah! But, and I, so I had mine. Mine is like a silver hologram thing. It's just filled with various cute pins that I like. Mm-hmm. Um, but the girl in the line parallel had a solid black one with a window that was shaped like a heart, and she had Mothman everything. It was, like, four Mothman pins on the outside, like, really big in the corners of her bag, and then Mothman things on the inside, little patches, stickers, and whatever, and she was just, like, a little too far away, and, like, I was too shy to be like, hi, I run a paranormal comedy podcast, can I, I take a Mothman. photo of your backpack? <laughs> we love Mothman. Tell me more about Mothman. Tell me about why you like Mothman. So He is on Tinder now. Yeah, he is, yeah, and so if you guys follow Wanpa on, um, or follow us on Twitter, you'll yeah. see that I retweeted his Wampa's tweets about Mothman. His ex. His ex. <laughs> um, Who says he's 21. When really, he's not. No. He's just lying about his age. He's apparently, like, space and time work differently for cryptids, whatever. And as Wampa says, I guess commitment does too, or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> it was great. It's a great time. Follow yeah. us on Twitter. Yeah. Yeah. Get all that extra content, bonus content. So I think that's all the spooky stuff that happened to us, other than... Because it was so hot on Friday, I slept with the windows open. I think we all did. Mm-hmm. And my window is on the side where there's sidewalk. And since the windows were open all night, I could hear anyone who went past. So I kept, like, waking up and being half asleep and being convinced someone was in my room. Yeah. So that was fun. Yeah, mine <laughs> faces the street. So mine was just any time a car went yeah. by. And then also at 6.30 in the morning on Saturday when <sighs> the garbage truck came by. Boop, boop. And I was like, are you fucking kidding me, please? And so I closed the window, and then I was just, like, hot and sweaty in my room. I wonder why we're moving. Yeah. Yay! (laughs) Send us good housing vibes, y'all. Right. Email them to us at (laughs) spoopowergmail.com. And real quick, before we get into Mm -hmm. what we're talking about today, today's snack is an oldie but a goodie. We went to Starbucks. Starbucks cake pops. Starbucks, if you're listening, we accept sponsorship in variations on iced coffee beverages and cake pops. Yes. That's all you gotta do. Yeah, what are you drinking? I am drinking my standby, an iced peppermint mocha. 
Nice. I am drinking one of their new, like, menu items, the uh, cinnamon almond milk macchiato. How is it? I always wonder if it tastes like horchata. It tastes like hor- coffee horchata. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, with, I always with think about ca- caramel. I always yeah. think about getting it, but then I just get a nice peppermint yeah. mocha. It's, it's a little bit more, it's definitely bitter, like, oh, yeah. um, because of the caramel and cinnamon and the yeah. coffee, but I, I like it. It's not my usual go-to. My usual go-to is the cool lime refresher, but mm. I thought coffee would Treat be nice yourself. today. Yeah. yeah. All right, so other things that are coming up next weekend, mm. we are collaborating again with 33 Pulp. Yeah, 33% Pulp, two-thirds. 30, wow. Yeah, it's we always refer to them casually as 33, 33 pulp, pulp. But it's 33% Pulp. Yeah. My bad. I'm They're sorry. They're incredible. We love them. You should listen to them because I love them. They make me laugh so hard. They're really, really fantastic They're people, too. They're just sweet little delights. They found out what we meant by 1980s iPad. Yes. Yeah. So bless. So yeah, we're gonna be collaborating with them. So the next episode that y'all hear will be featuring them, mm-hmm. and that's gonna be on Spoop Spear. But today, we're having a very special conversation about haunted and cursed objects and antiques. Yes. So this was one of the things when we were originally brainstorming this podcast that we talked about having as a conversation, just because there's a shit ton of haunted and cursed objects in the world Mm -hmm. and like i'm uncomfortable around antiques which we've covered before Mm -hmm. and it's equal parts probably because they're haunted and because i'm weird about cleanliness and i can't guarantee that they've been cleaned right there is an antique just really old they're just so old so chances are the people who have owned them died near them (laughs) (laughs) i can't say things like this when sasha's mid bite of cake right but i do anyway we do actually have an antique store down the street that's going out of business. I've been meaning mm-hmm. to tell you and our other roommate, because you guys love it's, antiques. It's the one near my high school, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. on the way there. Yep. So you guys should go by and get you some discount antiques and yeah. bring some ghosts into our house. Well, that's why I love all the small towns in Virginia. Yeah, it's just antiques. It's just antiques all the time. From the Civil War, because mm-hmm. we had that here. So today we are each going to take turns telling each other spooky stories about just various objects that have a haunted or cursed history spoiler alert a third of them are dolls <laughs> yeah we've discussed before but dolls are fucking creepy a lot of the time mm-hmm. and even when they aren't creepy dolls they're still creepy dolls mm-hmm. we did go when we were house hunting before my family moved here we came across this house we go into the basement and at the base of the stairs in Mm-mm. the basement there was a horrifying clown nope. doll and we were like we can't live here it comes nope. with a demon Mm-mm. so shall i get us started on mm-hmm. talking about haunted shit I'm going to kick it off with an upsetting story about a haunted-ass doll. Nice. This story is called Annabelle. Is that like that horror movie? Actually, yes. My first note is (laughs) this is a true story that inspired the horror movie of the same name, though they redesigned the doll for it. So if it sounds familiar, that's why. Mm. And I didn't do a ton of research into that, but it seems like the conjuring centers on Mm -hmm. this haunted-ass doll. Mm -hmm. And then they made a backstory movie called Annabelle and then Annabelle 2, The Creation, Mm -hmm. which are both about this doll. Mm. Because I I was talking to my boyfriend about what we're doing today. And he's like, oh, you're doing Haunted Dolls? You should, there are horror movies about that, you know? And I was like, oh, you mean Annabelle? That's what I'm doing. Yeah. Nailed it. So, let's kick this off, shall we? If we have to. I mean. (laughs) I'm I'm already spooked. I was very tired yesterday, as we established. No AC, Mm -hmm. no good sleeps. So, there's a lot of sass in my notes, and so I will do my best to just preserve it. Okay. In 1970, a woman came across a Raggedy Ann-style doll in a thrift store. She decided to buy it and give it to her daughter, a student nurse whom she apparently hated deeply. Oh, God. (laughs) Again, a lot of sass in my notes today. 
inexplicably, the daughter liked it and was like, yeah, I'll totally keep this in my apartment at school. And her roommate was chill with it. So they just have this doll in their house. So okay. I feel like the threshold for dolls has changed over the years. It really has. Yeah. I feel like in 1970, we were still naive and we weren't creeped out by dolls. Yeah. It was still when clowns were cool. And like, I'm thinking about the Raggedy Ann and Andy I owned. Mm-hmm. And then um, this doll that kind of was within the same like sphere of yeah. those like plush dolls with the yarn hair mm-hmm. that my grandmother made for me. Those were like some of my favorite things to cuddle with because they were really cute. Mm-hmm. But I've seen some of the original 1970s yeah. like... Raggedy Ann things, like, and 20 years before the dolls that I got. I've, I've seen pictures of this one. I'm going to pull it up. Yeah. I've seen pictures of this one, mm-hmm. and it genuinely just looks like Raggedy Ann. Like, it's not oh, that bad. Yeah. So, like, the, they, for The Conjuring and for the movie, right, the Annabelle, changed. they changed it a lot to be more true to today's horror standards, but mm-hmm. if you look at it, and we'll it, post this picture on the Instagram, yeah. it just looks like Raggedy Ann. It just, yeah. Yeah. So, I wouldn't be so i guess no. thinking of it as the raggedy ann i wouldn't be scared of it in my apartment i'd just be like mom why are you buying me weird ass dolls from the thrift store i'm in college yeah can we not <laughs> <laughs> just send me donuts like a normal person <laughs> all right unfortunately once the doll was brought into the apartment weird shit started happening the doll would move around seemingly by itself Mm-mm. and neither the girl nor her roommate would put it somewhere but they would find it in other rooms once they put it back where they stored it. Please, no. <laughs> so, like, if the doll was on the mantle, they'd go into their bedroom, and it's like, oh, doll's on my bed now. Did you move it? No? Cool. And they were somehow chill with this, and they were like, well, I guess this is just a quirky-ass doll. Or that, you know, like, the other roommate did something. Yeah, or... it's like, well, I guess they were cleaning, so they probably put it in the kitchen. I'm also getting, like, really big off-on-the-shelf vibes. Yeah, kind of. <laughs> yeah. But... Not... But more malicious. Yeah, more malicious. So, unfortunately, unlike the elf on the shelf, they also kept finding scraps of parchment scattered around. Oh, God. And these scraps of parchment had childlike scribbles and writing on them. Yeah. I don't... But nobody ever brought parchment into the house, because who the fuck has parchment? And nobody had that kind of handwriting, because these are women in college. They're not six. Right. They have grown-up handwriting that maybe looks like a child. Exactly. All right, so if that just sounded weird just now, Sasha had to rescue me from a spider. Yeah. I'm very afraid of spiders. There was one in our house. I am not afraid of spiders, and I'm one of those people who can't kill bugs. She put it outside. And I put it outside. It was very nice. Yeah. Anyway, what's not nice is this fucking doll, one day they found standing up on its hind legs. No. Its soft, raggedy Ann legs. No. So at this point, the girls are like, okay, this is maybe not a normal doll, and Mm -hmm. we should maybe be concerned. Mm Mm-hmm. Which I would have been concerned like 18 steps ago, but whatever. In a panic, they called a psychic to get to the bottom of what the fuck is wrong with this doll. Better not have been our psychic. It might have been. (laughs) This psychic claimed that the doll was possessed by the spirit of a little girl who had lived in their apartment building. Her name was Annabelle. Annabelle had decided that she liked the college girls and she wanted to keep living there. And she asked if she could stay. The college girls felt bad, so they were like, you know what? We like weird-ass dolls, and we have no sense of self-preservation. Sure, keep living with us. Again, a lot of sass in these notes. A lot of sass. So the doll kept living with them. Oh, God. But Annabelle's behavior escalated from there, giving the spirit permission to stick around up the ante in terms of what was going on, culminating in a male friend getting attacked by Annabelle one night. Rick. She scratched his chest and torso, and finally the girls had had enough. At this point, they contacted Ed and Lorraine Warren, whom Audie.com, where I got a lot of this from, mm-hmm. 
Audi.com calls them, quote, renowned psychic investigators, because that's a job title. That's a job title. The renowned psychic investigators determined that Annabelle was not possessed by a little girl at all. In fact, it was possessed by a demon that lied about being a little girl so it could keep hanging around. The renowned psychic investigators, the Warrens, even speculated that the demon had a master plan to stay close to the women so that it could ultimately possess one or both of them instead. God, no, please. Yeah. Yeah. So Annabelle's a lying demon. This was a bridge too far for the young women, and they finally realized, you know what, we don't have to keep this doll. So they gave Annabelle to the Warrens to deal with. They housed it in their occult museum in Connecticut, which is a real place that we should go. And it's now kept in a glass display case that says a sign that reads, quote, warning, positively do not open. So a lot of people speculate that the Warrens, the renowned psychic investigators, made this whole thing Mm -hmm. up to generate publicity for their museum, which is described by one Texas State University religious study professor as, quote, full of off-the-shelf Halloween junk, dolls and toys, books you could buy at any bookstore. (laughs) But the same professor also describes the legend as an, quote, interesting case study in the relationship between pop culture and paranormal folklore. Which I liked because that's what this podcast is. Exactly. So that's Annabelle. And it's funny because you're talking about like this couple that now houses it in a museum. Yeah. I have a doll too. Yay! Who also ends up being housed in a museum run by like paranormal investigators. I guess that's what you do when you get out of the paranormal investigating business. You open up a museum of all the weird shit that people are like, all right, you can keep it. Did you ever see the show Oddities? I don't think so. Okay. Oddities was like a kind of reality Love it. Show it wasn't like a game show or anything. Mm -hmm. It was more just like, you know, um, paranormal investigator style. Not, not even. It was just like a store in New York, and oh. people would come in looking for something weird. And so, so like, the say owners, yes to the dress. Yeah, say yes to the dress, but, but for... for occult stuff. <laughs> and it was really cool. What um, a great pitch that would be. Yeah, and so say yes to the. So it was like that kind of thing. Are but, you saying yes to this haunted doll? Well, and that's the thing. Like there would be people. Like there's this one guy. He's actually a quite famous storyteller. I'm blanking on his name right now, but he's been on, like, the Moth Radio Hour and stuff. But mm-hmm. he came in, and he's like, oh, is that a straight jacket? <laughs> he's, like, this very, like, he's a very, like, notable character on the show. And so he, like, like pops Vincent in. Vincent Price. But... Yeah, but he pops in once in a while okay. and, like, will be like, oh, are these human teeth? <laughs> um, but, yeah, it was, but Oddities is, like, really cool. But okay. they go into some of these things. They, I don't think they ever pick up anything that's, like, too cursed, but it's mostly just, like, weird things from, like, 17th, 18th century mm. medical experiments, 19th century things. Yeah, I don't want know. any of that. Yeah, but, I'm like, good. for people, collectors of, like, weird jars and shit, you know. I love weird thing. jars. So, so I have a story about a doll. Yay! And this is not Annabelle, this is Ada, okay? <laughs> and I got my story from Destination America's The Hauntist. Ooh. And so, Nate and Kaylee Raiderman are paranormal experts who own the Museum of Shadows in Nebraska. So that's could uh, two road trips. Two road trips. Nebraska and Connecticut. <laughs> I think Connecticut would be easier to get to. <laughs> it's a very short flight and it's a cheap flight. Yeah. I was just there a couple of years ago. I'll ask my boyfriend about Nebraska. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I won't go to a place that gets tornadoes and they get tornadoes real bad. Yeah. Maybe if we go in the off season, go underground or something. Maybe the museum is underground. <laughs> I was going to say, if, if it's underground, I'm on board, but I won't go places that have tornadoes. According to their website, the Museum of Shadows is the most haunted museum in the Midwest. I believe it. I feel like that's a low bar. <laughs> that is a low bar. The Midwest is the Midwest. <laughs> that's like prettiest girl in the room low bar. 
like in the whole wide room in the whole wide midwest among all of the other weird museums yours is the most haunted to to any midwest listeners we have i'm not shitting on the midwest no. my family is from the midwest i just feel so. like you don't have a ton <laughs> of haunted museums yeah so i feel like it's like it's not even like the most haunted museum in America. It's right. just the most haunted one in this in very specific region. region. <laughs> so the building is full of obscure and haunted artifacts, but none so haunted as the doll they call Ada. Ada is a rare 27-inch doll who was made in 1889 in Germany by Simon and Halbig. Also, by calling it a who and not a witch or yeah, that, that, I'm like, Already, just not off an to identity. a great start. Uh. <laughs> She was passed down over the years and ended up at some point in a home full of negative energy and hate. When the family tried to rid themselves of the doll after she made some members of the family feel uncomfortable, a scary thing happened. After that, they threw her away. What scary thing? Do we know? We don't know yet. Just I'll, I'll talk weird. about it okay. in a second. She returned. What the hell? What? <laughs> so. No, thank you. Yeah. So. New home, who dis? So, let's let's talk about this. All right, so she sat in a local <laughs> landfill for nearly two years. Ugh, nearly gross. 20 so miles all... away from the home where she lived, but then returned, but without her eyes. No! She was discovered in the garage sitting on top of a bag of fertilizer. They tried to toss her again, only to have her climb out of the bag. The family, Ooh. terrified, donated her to Nate and Kaylee. While the Raidermans were driving Ada to her new home at the museum, they began to hear strange noises. No! We started to our drive towards the private quarantine area when we heard this deep whisper coming from the back of the SUV saying, I want out. Followed okay, by a child bye. crying. <laughs> says I just Nate like, Raiderman. I wouldn't even slow down the car. I'd just like roll down the window, check it, and be like, have a nice life. Have a nice life, right? <laughs> Um, they've taken special precautions ever since, and those who have seen her say she fills them fills them with dread and fear. Great. When I had to move her, I wore a hazmat suit and still oh felt God. power from her. <laughs> I like to call Whoa. it the paranormal hangover because she made me feel all sick and had the worst migraine ever. I'd like to jump in here. Hazmat suits were not designed for the paranormal. <laughs> right, but so apparently... So I feel they like they maybe were... Because it's not designed for that, it maybe wasn't a great right? outfit choice. Just to start with. Just to start with. <laughs> and then also paranormal hangover is what we have after we record and we just flop into the couch. Exactly. <laughs> so now she is in her own permanent box and locked in and the keys are off location to protect from the chance of her ever getting out. Jesus Christ. Um, other items in the museum include pieces that were used in dangerous occult activities and diabolical practices around the world, but nothing scares people as much as Ada. She's truly something to see, they say. She sounds... Yeah, like so didn't, something. So the story didn't go into detail about what terrible thing happened, but yeah. it was enough to make the family go, we're throwing you away. You know what? And we're she good. came back. Yeah, she that's upsetting. Back. Have you ever heard that old song, the cat came back the very next day? Cat came back. Mm, he just couldn't stay away. Maybe. They thought he was a gutter, but the cat, whatever. My yeah. mom used to sing it yeah. when I was little. And it's just like, a series the, the cat goes through a series of escalating shenanigans including like the apocalypse and then oh. the cat comes back the very next day oh yeah yeah because cats do that yeah not dolls who somehow lose their <laughs> yeah. eyes along the it's way it's cute when cats do oh, it God. when dolls do it it's upsetting yeah. oh my cat does Just... not like the bag that starbucks is in because it's partially on a catnip toy so she's kind of oh. getting all up in there zelda you can push it over yeah use your hands not your hands <laughs> what am i saying <laughs> can you imagine oh my god <laughs> kitty fingers <laughs> Now I'm just thinking of that person who put a tiny set of doll hands yes. in front of their cat who was in loaf formation yes. so it has weird little baby doll hands. 
We'll find that picture, too. We'll post it on the Instagram post, because it's relevant. All right, so... So, I have... What's your next thing? My next one is a haunted mirror. Ooh. Ooh. And this is at Myrtle's Plantation in St. Francisville, Louisiana. Okay. And the Myrtle's Plantation is allegedly one of the most haunted houses in the southern western... No, I'm just kidding. No. <laughs> it's in. It's one of the most haunted houses in America. Oh, Jesus. So, fun fact about this plantation. Not only is it a haunted-ass plantation because slavery, which was fucked up. Yeah, that was the thing. When I found a bunch... There were a couple of things that I found, like cabinets or boxes or whatever. Yeah. That was like... A slave master yep. beat his slave to death in front of it, and the and soul, the angry yeah. soul, like went into the box or yeah. something like that. Yeah, a lot of that. Yeah. On top of it being affiliated with slavery because plantation, this one is allegedly built on a Native American burial ground. Oh, great! That and because was... that's not enough. Oh no! To the site of at least ten murders. Good, good. What a great progression. <laughs> Nothing what a terrible place. could happen here. It seems like a lovely vacation spot. Mm. Or a wedding spot. Oh, Just God. get married at this plantation. No. And this plantation is home to a haunted, spooky, antique mirror. Okay. According to the legend, the plantation belonged to Charles and Sarah Woodruff, and they owned a slave named Chloe. Possibly Cleo. It depends on the version of the story you hear. Okay. Depending on which version you hear, Chloe was an unhappy slave for many reasons. Uh, besides the fact that she was a person who was literally property. And yeah. as I put in my notes, slavery is so messed up, you guys. <laughs> yeah. That's an understatement. <laughs> understatement. So either Charles forced Chloe to be his mistress, Thomas Jefferson style, or Sarah caught Chloe eavesdropping on her masters and cut her ear off as punishment. Ah. No. So, Chloe was known for wearing a green turban to hide her disfigurement. Oh. But again, it's also possible that, you know, Charles forced her to be his mistress. Mm -hmm. Unclear. Either way... Both of those could have happened yeah. in conjunction with each other. Yeah. <laughs> Either way, Chloe was pissed, and rightfully so. And again, in my notes, I put, slavery is so messed up, you guys. And so, to deal with her anger, she baked a cake that contained oleander leaves. Ah. Which are super poisonous. Yeah, that movie White Oleander. Yeah, yeah. Poison. <laughs> Poison. Sarah and her two children then ate the cake, which may have been a birthday cake. Accounts differ. But while the legend varies as to Chloe's intent, whether she was just hoping to make them sick, whether she was hoping to make them sick enough that she could nurse them back to health, whether somebody else was making them sick and she thought the oleander would cure mm -hmm. them, or if she actually genuinely wanted to kill them, it doesn't matter because the outcome is the same. Sarah and her daughters were poisoned and died. Oh, Don't eat oleander. No. And don't own people, you asshole. Right? Unfortunately for Sarah and her daughters, the custom of covering a mirror after a death was not followed. Mm. And the reason we have that custom is because, rumor is, if you don't cover the mirror, the spirits of the dead who died near it will get trapped in it for all mm -hmm. eternity. So now the antique mirror on the property holds their doomed spirits for all eternity. Visitors to the plantation have seen child-sized handprints on the glass when no children have been near it. Strange drip marks will appear without any clear origin, and no amount of cleaning will cause them to go away. So it's like ectogasm, but they can't clean it up. Oh, God. On this mirror. And worst of all, people have seen figures dressed in period-appropriate garb in the mirror, but when they turn around to look... There are no such people in the room with them. Mm. People have also reported seeing a ghost in a green turban just walking around the plantation, so people mm. suspect that Chloe's ghost is also there. And, of course, because, you know, how the legend goes, mm. Chloe 
killed part of her masters. She was either thrown into the river by other slaves angry that they were going to be punished for her crime, or she was killed by her remaining white master, or just basically she met an unhappy end. Yeah. Because of what she so had done. So it makes sense for her so it makes to sense, yeah, hang to, out. to linger around. Yeah. Good news-ish. Ish? Unfortunately, there are no historical records of the Woodruff family owning slaves, let alone one named Chloe. And one of their daughters survived into adulthood, and the ones who had died, including Sarah, the mother, Mm -hmm. they all had yellow fever. Okay. So So they they didn't die of poisoning. Okay. And again, there's no record of them owning slaves, and that's the kind of thing that if they had had slaves, we would know, because people wrote it down, because you take out of your fucking property, you fucking assholes. Right. Yeah. Cool. Fun times. Fun times. Fun times. Yeah. I just, as a story, I think it's a good one. Yeah. I also saw that the mirror in question where all of these marks show up Uh was put in the plantation in 1980. Oh, well. Which makes it, while it's still technically an antique mirror. Yeah. It's just like, really? So this mirror was on the plantation when they died in the 1800s. And then it traveled around a bunch, and then they got it back in, and now the spirits are popping up again. Really? Yeah. Yeah. The only explanation I could have for that is, like, traveling carnival circus. Oh, maybe. You know, like, you know, hall of occult yeah. oddities, you Or, know? like, if Charles the dad had seen his dead wife and kids in the mirror and was like, get it out of my house. Yes. All right. <laughs> Do you want to hear a story about a box? I would love to hear a story about a box. I okay. was hoping you'd talk about this box. Yeah, this is called the Dybbuk box, and I found it first on Destination America's Haunt Us Again, but then Wikipedia had, like, a better narrative that yeah. went along with it. Most of my stuff is from Audi.com, mm-hmm. supported by Wikipedia. Yeah. Guys, give $3 to Wikipedia. Yeah, for real. I, I give them $3 basically every time they prompt me to now that we have this podcast. Yeah, right. Because <laughs> I'm like, thanks for doing my work for me, Wikipedia. So the Dybbuk box itself is more of a, like a recent story because hmm. eBay pops up in it. It's oh. like within the last like 15 years. Yeah. But the box itself is a lot older. So I kept coming across mention of it yeah. as I was searching for what I was going to do. So the term Dybbuk box was first created and used by Kevin Manis to describe a wine cabinet in the item information for an eBay auction and as the subject of his original story describing paranormal events which he attributed to the box. Cool. So whether or not this is real or not, eh. But it's a really interesting story. Apparently eBay just traffics in haunted shit. They, yeah, I, that makes like, sense. Yeah. yeah. The cabinet has the Shema Yisrael, which are the first two words of, the, of a section of the Torah and a prayer that appears in commonly in morning and, after, uh, morning and evening Jewish prayer services mm. that are carved into the back of it. So it's this, you know, okay. it, and it's about... 12.5 inches by 7.5 inches by 16.25. So, okay. so, so like the size of a thicker shoebox. It's like, yeah, or like, yeah, like a thick, like a boot box. Yeah. Or like, you know, it's, it's not just a small little box, jewelry box. It's like, he called it a wine cabinet, so you could probably yeah, put, a put a couple, couple of bottles of wine in You, there. podcasts are not a visual medium. Both Sasha and I are We're making air boxes. Air boxes. <laughs> About but, the size of the Dybbuk box. Yeah. So... A, a pretty not substantial, huge, not huge, but, but a substantial a good, box. Yeah, yeah. good size box. So Manus is a writer and creative professional by trade, and oh. he owns a small antiques and furniture refinishing business in Portland, Oregon. Nice. According to Manus's story, he bought the box at an estate sale in 2003. Question. Yes. Did he intend to put a bird on it? I don't think so. Oh. No. <laughs> it's not that. It's not. It's, <laughs> it's not, not Portland. Kind of, it's not that kind of. <laughs> it's not that kind of Portland <laughs> antique stop. No. Just put a bird on put it. Put a bird on it. So <laughs> That's he, from Portlandia, y'all. Watch it. Or don't. We're not your bosses. <laughs> That's true. We're not your supervisors. Do whatever the fuck but you want. But I, I would. I like birds. So if I you like birds and millennial humor, do that. Yeah. 
So, the box he bought at an estate sale in mm-hmm. 2003, it had belonged to a survivor of the Holocaust mm. in German-occupied uh, Poland named Havela, oh. who escaped to Spain and purchased it there before her immigration to the United States. Oh. So, she escaped the Holocaust, yeah. and she went to Spain, and she, she bought the box. Yeah. So, it's not that the box, like, was following her no. around, and she was, like... she she sought know. it out. It was probably, like, a, I survived, I'm gonna buy myself a nice thing. Yeah, and again, it has it has the... The, the words from the Torah. The words yeah. from the Torah carved into it. Do we know what those words mean? I can I'll Google it, it while you tell. Yeah, the, the Shema, Shema Yisrael. Yisrael. Okay, I'm yeah. gonna look over your shoulder to spell it. Oh, it's first suggestion. Yeah. It means... The first verse encapsulates the monotheistic essence of Judaism. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Mm-hmm. The Lord is our God. The yeah, Lord so one. Yeah. it's sometimes alternatively translated. So it's just, the Lord is our God, the Lord is one. Yeah, so again, it's the, it's the opening lines of, yeah. a, of a prayer. And yeah. observant Jews consider the Shema to be the most important part of prayer service in Judaism. Yep. So, yeah. thanks so, Wikipedia. So Give a really $3. important, a really important... So a phrase to put on this box. So she got, someone fleeing the Holocaust would see that and be like, "I yes. should own this. This is a sign." Yeah, possibly. So, so Havala, the this woman, yeah. right? Um, her granddaughter told Manus that the box had been bought in Spain after the Holocaust, and then upon hearing that the box was a family heirloom, Manus offered to give the box back to the family, Aww. but the granddaughter insisted that he take it. We don't want it, she said. <laughs> uh oh. Uh oh. <laughs> she told him that the box had been kept in her grandmother's sewing room and was never opened because a dibbuk was said to live inside it. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. What's a dibbuk? We'll find out. Yay! <laughs> Upon opening the box, Manus wrote that he found it contained two 1920s pennies, a lock of blonde hair bound with cord, a lock of black and brown hair bound with cord, a small statue engraved with the Hebrew word shalom, a small golden wine goblet, one dried rosebud, and a single candle holder with four octopus-shaped legs. Numerous owners of the box have reported that strange phenomena accompany it. In his story, Manus wrote that he experienced a series of horrific nightmares shared with other people while they were in possession of the box when, or when they stayed at his home while he had it. I don't love shared nightmares. That freaks me out. It's it's weird, right? Like, uh, that's creepy. So he had it, and so, like, if you were in the same house as the box, you were having nightmares. Yeah. And... His mother suffered a stroke on the same day that he gave her the box as a birthday present oh, on October no. 28th. Sorry. So he didn't think... So what What he I'm guessing go- is he didn't connect bad dreams to the, to the box. He gives it to his mom as a birthday present and she has a stroke. Whereas I'm thinking like, ew, I don't want this box. Oh, fuck, I forgot my mom's birthday. Hey! Yeah. yeah, he's probably not an asshole. No, he probably isn't, right? Yeah. Um... A dibbuk is a restless and usually malicious spirit believed to be able to haunt and possess the living. Oh, so fun. that's what they're saying. Like, it's, you know, it's, a, it's got something. There's there. a dibbuk in there. Fair. So every owner of the box since him has reported that it smells of either cat urine or jasmine flowers, which I find to be two very different yeah, smells. Yeah, those are not the same smell. Right? Because jasmine, I'd be like, hell yeah, I'm on board. Cat pee smells like ammonia, so you'd be like, hell no, I'm not on exactly. board. Exactly. <laughs> And nightmares involving an old hag accompanying the box. So again, this yeah. whatever Dibic. spear, dibic that's, you know, living inside it. Cool. Yosef Neitzke, a Missouri student at Truman State University in Kirksville, Missouri, and the last person to auction the box on eBay, claimed that the box caused the lights to burn out in his house and his hair to fall out. Oh no! Jason Haxton, the director of museums of osteopathic medicine in Kirksville, Missouri, had been following Nitska's blogs in regarding the box, and when he was ready to be rid of the box, Nitska sold it to Haxton. Oh, good! Ha- 
Everybody keeps giving it to people like, I don't fucking want it right? here. Paxton wrote the Dybbuk Box story and claimed that he su- subsequently developed strange health problems, including hives, coughing up blood, oh. and head-to-toe welts. Some of those things are much more serious and you should consult a doctor right? about. But instead, Paxton consulted with rabbis <laughs> to figure out a way to seal the Dybbuk in the box again. Okay. Apparently successful, he took the freshly resealed box and hid it at a secret location, which he will not reveal. He recently donated the box to Zach Baggins of Ghost Adventures to display in his museum. (laughs) Skeptic Chris French, head of the animalistic, animalistic, not animalistic, but anomaly, anomalistic, anomalistic, I guess, um, research, psychology research unit at Goldsmiths College told an interviewer that he believed that the box's owners were already primed to be looking out for bad stuff. If you That's believe fair. you've been cursed, then inevitably you'll explain the bad stuff that happens in terms of what you perceive to be the cause. Put it like this, I would be happy to own this object, says this guy. So he's a he, true skeptic. Yeah. He's saying if you're, you know, like, you gave your mom this box for her birthday and she had a stroke. You're going to think. Oh, God, I gave I my gave mom, a, mom stroke a stroke by giving her this Dybbuk box. Yeah. That has, like, a cursed something, Whereas, spirit in it. You know, sometimes people just have strokes. Exactly. I'm sitting here thinking, so the two pennies and the two locks of hair are in there. Mm-hmm. So. A rosebud, a shalom. And then the weird candle. Yeah. Yeah, with the octopus with legs. The octopus so legs. what I'm thinking is these are all items that sound like they could be at someone's, like, wake. Because yeah. you get oh, the two pennies. as well, yeah. Yeah, you do the two pennies over the eyes. Right, yeah. And then the lock of hair was pretty common in the Victorian times. You'd take a little something of the dead person's, a lot of the times it was hair, mm-hmm. to remember them by. Yeah. So it could be two locks of hair of people who died that were then... Yeah, rose, a the dried rosebud. Yeah. So taking ro- flowers from... From the, the funeral. funeral. Yeah. yeah. So I'm wondering if maybe that's why, like, if it started as a keepsake box to remember the people that this family lost, and then it turned into... This box contains these things. There's obviously bad energy in it because these mm-hmm. people keep dying. Exactly. Plus, if you're escaping the Holocaust, like, you've just come out of something horrible. Exactly. So you're going to be primed and ready for horrible things. Right. Because, like, hor- the worst has just happened yeah. to you. So I, I, I agree with the guy who's saying if you're looking for yeah. something to be cursed. It's going to be cursed. It's going to be cursed. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of things that are probably cursed. Yes. Yes. So this one... I kept putting off writing out the research. I finally did it yesterday afternoon. When is my, it upsetting? Because it's upsetting. So the good news is I'm pretty sure this is just a creepy pasta. And at the end, I'm going to go ahead and go through like why I think it's a creepy pasta yeah. and why I don't think we need to be concerned about this painting. Mm-hmm. But it's an upsetting fucking painting. And I can show you what it looks like if you want to be sad. And I'm going to put it on the Instagram. On the Instagram. The I've already, yeah. As I was doing my research, I was like, you know, it would probably be easier if I just put these images in the design now so I don't have to do it later. Oh, God, yeah. So I'm going to go ahead and pull this up, and you can decide if you want to look at it. Okay, I'll look at it. Okay. Solidarity with my (laughs) co-host. The name of this painting is The Anguished Man. Okay. And this is The Anguished Man. Oh. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Don't like that. No, I don't care for it at all. Mm Mm-mm. No. Sean Robinson's grandmother hated him, apparently. <laughs> she had a painting called The Anguished Man, painter unknown, for 25 years before she gave it to her grandson. Mm. As the lore goes, the painter mixed his own blood into the painting nope. and committed suicide shortly after he finished it. Gross. 
Sean's grandmother always told him that the painting was evil and that when she displayed it, she would hear voices and hear crying. Why would you display that shit in your house? I don't know. It's upsetting. Like, if you know that, why would you choose to display that? Even if you don't think this painting is evil, you guys are going to see it. It's a fucking upsetting painting. Why would you? Why would you want it in your house? I would never. You know what paintings we have in this house? We got a painting of flowers. We got a painting of birds. And then the ones that I have in my bedroom are more birds and like i have some um, birds in my bedroom too i have x-files fan art (laughs) that um that melissa uh melissa yeah painted um (laughs) and like some ghibli fan art yeah beach boys fan art you're not gonna put this fucking nightmare painting in your house me feel happy yeah so like one why would you put this painting in your goddamn house do you hate yourself two don't if you end up with this painting, don't put it up. It's horrible. It's awful. It's all even if it's not cursed at best. It's ugly. It's an ugly, horrifying it's an ugly painting. Ass painting. So, congratulations, you have shitty taste. Played yourself. <laughs> congratulations, you played yourself. Thank you, DJ Khaled. All right, so she displayed it because she hated herself too, and she would hear people crying and she would hear voices again. Why are you doing this to yourself? Everyone should love themselves more. I know. You're like, treat yourself to something nice and not a horrible painting. Go to Marshall's. Yeah. Buy yourself a bird painting. I Go to World Market. Yeah. Buy yourself a bird painting. Go to Ross and buy yourself a flower painting. <laughs> I don't know why we got real New York about this, but we did. Apparently, the Robinson family is low on self-love. Yeah. Because Sean's grandmother started seeing a shadowy male figure in her home. Good lord. Which is why she stopped displaying it. So this bitch hears voices and crying, and she's like, I'm gonna play this out. And it's only when she starts seeing a shadowy figure around her house that she's like, maybe this painting isn't a good idea. Right. So like, okay. Okay. She hid it in her attic. For some reason, she decided the fun should continue at her grandson's place after she died. No. So Sean now has this haunted-ass painting. Why? Because she hates him. No, but why does he keep it? I don't know! (laughs) Actually, I do know. He gets into it at the end. Okay. Once Sean obtained the painting, strange things started happening in his house. His son fell down the stairs. How old's his son? Because I He didn't specify. Okay. Because I've fallen down the stairs. Oh, I fall down the stairs multiple times. You've fallen down the stairs in this house. Yes. At least twice. Yeah. (laughs) Fall down the stairs a lot. But I think, from what I could tell, it sounded like his son was younger. Okay. So. Because he's only in his, like, maybe 40s. So I think when this happened, his son was probably around, I told you when we were looking at houses on Friday that, like, the house that my parents live in now... While they were touring it, I fell down the stairs. And they were they like, own it now. Well, I guess we gotta get this house. Sasha's <laughs> broken it in by breaking her skull. <laughs> the whole family started hearing strange noises, including moaning and crying. Ugh. Let's keep this painting up, though. Let's see where this goes. A shadowy figure started appearing around the house. No. Sean, a former skeptic, put the painting in the basement in the hopes of de-escalating the situation. It's still in your house, bruh. Yeah. And guess what? Didn't fucking de-escalate it. Instead, he and his wife started seeing the shadowy figure at the corner of their bed. Stop. The figure, who appeared to be a middle-aged man, no. would stare at them before disappearing. That's so gross. For some reason, after this, Sean decided to move the painting into the bedroom. I will show you my notes. How many question marks and exclamation points is that? Too many. Too many. Because that was my reaction. I was like, what? What? Hmm. This is causing problems in the basement. I know. I'll put it in the bedroom. That doesn't... 
Sean Robinson, email me at spoophour at gmail.com. I got some tips for you about fucking art. And I also have questions. And questions. questions. I have I, questions. I, Sasha has questions. I have questions. Like, Sean. Sean. This is Courtney. Why? 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 Love yourself. Don't put the painting in the fucking bedroom. A year after moving the painting into the bedroom, Sean updated the blog where he had been tracking this. So he kept putting in entries. Okay. And this is the first one in a year. He had recorded a video over the course of three nights showing the spooky events that would happen around the painting. I have watched this video. It's not that bad. We can put a link to it on okay, Twitter. Yeah. It's, it's, if you've watched the Dear David stuff, it's about on par with that. Okay. And this kind of seems in a lot of ways like a prototypical Dear David. Okay. So he recorded the video and in the video, it shows the door of the bedroom slamming shut when no one is near it, smoke showing up around the painting, and the painting falling over. So, pretty classic Dear David shit, but it's the Anguished Man, and everything's horrible. <laughs> Shortly after recording this video, Sean's wife woke up in the middle of the night to the feeling that someone was stroking her hair. Mm. How you doing, buddy? I don't like that. Yeah, I was like, on the one hand, I love people playing with my hair. But I like it when I know that people are yeah, playing with my hair. Yeah, I would like to be able to see the person playing with my hair and yeah. not just wake up and be like, what's touching me? Exactly. So ghosts, if you're listening, don't play with my hair unless I can see you. Okay, thanks, bye. Sean and his family moved in with his parents, and for some reason, what do you think they did? Brought the painting with them. They brought the painting with them. Dumb. Yep. Shortly thereafter, Sean's father fell down the stairs, like his son had. <sighs> And cold spots appeared in his parents' house. Who did I walk through? Yeah. <laughs> Who did I just walk through? Thanks, John Mulaney. That stand-up special is going to be on Netflix next month. Yes. So hold on tight, y'all. Nice. Sean brought in various paranormal experts at this point, And all of them were like, this painting is not only haunted AF, this is among the top five haunted objects in the world. And others include the Dybbuk box mm-hmm. and Annabelle the doll. Oh, well, and then there there's there's another doll, and I don't remember what the fifth one was, mm-hmm. but those are the big ones. Okay. And that's pretty much the end of the story. They concluded this is a haunted AF painting. IDK, what you wanted to tell you, bro? Maybe don't put it in the bedroom. And probably the paranormal investigators were like, "But why the fuck did you bring it to your parents' house though, and not like bury it in hallowed ground on a church or something?" Yeah. Uh, what what is the protocol for getting rid of something like that? Like, I don't do know, you I guess burn, burn it. Maybe like burn and sprinkle the ashes with holy water or something. But I feel like burning it might release whatever's in it. That's true. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Or do you just I don't know bury it like what you said? Yeah, hallowed, hallowed ground. Yeah, like vampires. I don't know. Huh. I'm sure the paranormal investigators had ideas. Sean did none of this. He still has it, and that's pretty much the end of the story there is speculation that this is a long-term creepypasta and that it is a viral marketing stunt for a horror movie and that comes from sean is reportedly represented by la brea pictures Mm -hmm. who are known for doing this kind of marketing around horror movies Mm. and horror media yeah so it's possible that this is just like they're setting up for a conjuring style or paranormal activity yeah, style or paranormal. Blair Witch Project style movie because I think I think I remember reading that they were the people who produced Blair Witch. Okay. So that kind of thing where it's like this is real yeah. and then it's going to be made into a movie mm-hmm. possibly. Also, if you for some reason are like I want to buy this painting, I hate myself and I don't want a painting of birds and you're tempted to go on eBay and spend a fortune on the anguish man, don't bother. 
Sean is not selling the painting. So if you see one listed, it's a fraud. And there are some on eBay. Hmm. And reportedly, Sean is like, nope, none of those are me. I think it would be irresponsible to sell it. And he feels like because it's dangerous, he doesn't want it leaving the family because he doesn't want to give it to some unsuspecting person and have something bad happen. Yeah. That's the YouTube video right there. Oh, great. Yeah. Cool. It's like three minutes. It shows you all the stuff. I personally couldn't see the smoke. I did see the painting fall over and I did see the door close. Mm-hmm. So it's it's pretty Dear David yeah. stuff. So yeah, that's... It is a long-term thing because the earliest posted oh, yeah. from like 2012. Yeah, it, it's it's gone on for like five years i think yeah yeah he he doesn't do consistent updates and the last i saw he did an update it was like 2014 or so so 2015 so it's been a while since he's done anything with it it. could be just that that movie never came to fruition or took the form of something else yeah or they they put a pin in it and they were like eh, we'll come back to this when we come back to it or they decided to put all their eggs in a different basket maybe the creepypasta got too big and they were like no yeah let's just not it's its own thing now yeah Yeah. or it's possible that Sean is just a guy who really wanted to write a good creepypasta Mm -hmm. and he did because it's upsetting and this painting is upsetting yeah and it's famous Yeah. yeah again best case scenario this is just an ugly ass painting. Yeah. That's really horrible to look at. Yeah. I'm so I'm gonna close that tab now so I don't look at it anymore. <laughs> you p- uh, open your computer at school tomorrow. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All uh. right. So my last story is a local. Uh, is 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 a bit local. Semi local. Semi local. It is the Hope Diamond, Yay! which is housed in the Smithsonian Museum of Natural History which in DC. Which is not that far. I was actually outside of it yesterday for the Cherry Blossom Festival. Spooky. Did you steal it? No. And here it is! Oh, no. podcasts are into visual medium. You guys, I'm holding the why Hope Diamond. Why I want it? I'm going to talk about why it's cursed. <laughs> if I already don't want a Let painting. Let me pretend that we did an elaborate heist, Sasha. If, if I don't want this fucking anguished man painting. Okay. Hope Diamond is a beautiful piece of rock. The anguished man is an upsetting, ugly painting. Yeah, but if I wanted to, like, sell the Hope Diamond, it would have to be, like, super illegal, like, black market, like, ju- like full dark, no stars, like, find a... <laughs> crazy in my fantasy we've already (laughs) done the elaborate heist to steal the hope diamond so we've already gone whole hog on the whole crime thing yeah so we may as well sell it yeah but it'll i'm just worried about it tracking back to us i just want our podcast listeners to think we're cool and that i'm holding the hope diamond wow look how sparkly it is so sparkly it's a lot smaller than i thought it would be i know it's almost invisible I'm going to post the picture but, on Instagram of just my open hand and be like, the Hope Diamond, you guys! But for real, if any of you have actually been to the Smithsonian Museum of Natural History and have been able to see the Hope Diamond through the crowds of tourists that are say, always usually that one's one of the big ones. It's really small, and actually everything else in the gemstone and rock collection at the museum is a lot cooler. Yeah, it's just the Hope Diamond has gotten so carved down over the years that yeah. really what makes it cool is... The, the story the lore so let's get into this yay so believed to have first come to the surface 1.1 billion years ago <laughs> <laughs> uh, this now cut gem is a p- estimated to be worth between 200 and 250 million dollars it has traveled the world but now resides at the smithsonian natural history museum and some believe it's cursed with the whole mythology yay. claiming that great misfortune and misery will befall any who dares to wear the four forty five point five 5-2 carat diamond. That's still a pretty big diamond. That's a big diamond. I know. If it's smaller than it's you smaller think than it'd you, be. Yeah, you think it's, it's going to be like diamonds in the movies. Yeah, it's but not. It's, it's like a... But it's still very... It's gorgeous. Yeah. Like it's the, a yeah. big... If you like diamonds, it's a big diamond, so... Yeah. And then it's surrounded by other little diamonds. Yeah. So it's... it's we're really looking pretty. at it now. It's yeah, very it's pretty. It's great. It's very 
very pretty. Oh, the lights so catching sparkly. it. Wow. Um, rumored <laughs> victims of the diamond have suffered disgrace, divorce, suicide, imprisonment, torture, financial ruin, Jesus. lynching, or decapitation. Lynching? Yep. Decapitation? What the fuck? I'm going to get into it. <laughs> One was even said to have been ripped apart by dogs and another by a French mob. Jesus! However, skeptics say this curse is a ploy to enhance the hoped diamond's mystique and value. I mean, yeah. All right. The story goes that the curse began with the Tavernier Blue, which was the precursor to several large diamonds, including the Hope Diamond. Take it with a grain of salt because it's never been proven. Obviously. Okay. Like all of these. Um, <laughs> the idea is that Jean-Baptiste Tavernier stole the 115.16 carat blue diamond from a Hindu statue where it was serving as one of the eyes. Upon discovering it was missing, priests put a curse on whoever was in possession of the gem, which has now included so many people over the years. So... Jean-Baptiste Tavernier was the first guy to fall to curse with it. So he's the one who stole it. Okay. He came down with a raging fever soon after stealing the diamond, and after he died, his body was possibly ravaged by wolves. Jesus, where did he die? But In other... the woods outside the beast's castle? Well, that's what I'm wondering, right? <laughs> other reports have shown that he lived until the old age of 84, oh. so take it as you will. Well, right? he could have lived till 84, then died of a fever and been ravaged by exactly. wolves. They're not mutually exclusive. So where the curse kind of starts taking, like, like taking form, mm-hmm. King Louis Fourteenth. bought the stone from Tavernier and had it recut in 1673. Mm -hmm. It was then known as the Blue Diamond of the Crown or the French Blue. King Louis died of gangrene and all of his legitimate children died in childhood except for one. But historically, that's not atypical. So, you know. I also believe King Louis XIV was the après-moi le deluge one. Have you not heard that story? Mm -mm. I mean, it's spoof relevant. So I believe it was... King Louis the Fourteenth. I'm not a hundred percent sure. Don't at me, historical Twitter. <laughs> but one of the kings, it was the king right before the French Revolution, which I think was him. Yeah, because yeah, the French Revolution is was the Louis Sixteenth. Yeah, so I think it's the Fourteenth. They asked him, you know, when you die after your reign, what do you think is going to happen? And he goes, "Après moi le déluge," which in French means "After me comes the flood." So he was what it's usually referred to mean is that it's after me comes the flood of chaos and destruction which after he died the french revolution happened so yeah. maybe he was psychic mm, maybe. or maybe he's just a melodramatic guy and he's like hey fuck all y'all après moi les deluge yeah if i'm not king <laughs> fuck all y'all y'all get fucked right? <laughs> that's actually the literal french translation is après moi les deluge if i'm not king all y'all get fucked cool <laughs> speaking of fuck um <laughs> the next Cursed person was Nicolas um, Fouquet, or it looks like it's a Fouquet. Yeah, it's Fouquet. Fouquet, Fouquet, but it looks like it says fuck Fuck it. it. (laughs) So Nicolas Fouquet, who worked for Louis the Fourteenth, is said to have worn the diamond for a special occasion. Shortly thereafter, he fell out of favor with the king and was banished from France. Probably king was like, fuck you for wearing better jewelry than me, asshole. (laughs) The king then changed his sentence to life imprisonment, so Fouquet spent 15 years in the fortress of Pinerol. Some people believe that he was the real man in the iron mask, but uh, other accounts dispute it, so there's some c- question about that. Gotcha. The next cursed people were Louis the Sixteenth and Marie Antoinette. What happened to them? <laughs> they sound cool. So Louis the Sixteenth <laughs> inherited French blue, and Marie Antoinette wore it, and as mental floss says, et cetera, et cetera. I think we know what happened here. <laughs> 
that's the story. We have no photographic or you know artistic evidence that it, Marie there's wore There's no painting it, where she's got it around but, her neck or but whatever. But we know what happened French Revolution style. Yeah. So Marie-Louise, or Princess de Limbaugh, was a member of Marie Antoinette's court and one of her closest confidants. She was killed by a mob in the most horrific fashion, apparently hit with a hammer, decapitated, stripped, Jesus disemboweled, Christ. among other things. What the fuck, mob? Her, She's dead. <laughs> her head was impaled on a pike and carried to Marie Antoinette's prison window. So we cool, would assume guys. that her friend Marie-Louise has worn the jewel. Yeah, and, you know, has well, because it's like, oh my god, this is so cute. Can I borrow this? Or maybe more that Marie's like, oh, you're so much my, oh, you know, you're my, my, my closest, closest friend. friend. You know, let, me, oh, you, let me let you wear this with the you know to the ball or whatever it is. Baguette. Right? Baguette. Oh, ho, ho. Oh, ho, ho. So, <laughs> in September 1792, the Hope Diamond was stolen from the house that stored the French crown jewels. So this is during the French Revolution. That makes sense. And eventually it ended up with this man named Wilhelm Fals who was a Dutch jeweler who recut the diamond once again. Okay. His son ended up murdering him and then killing himself. <gasps> Holy shit! So, I did not see that coming. <laughs> so, so that, so it ended up in the Netherlands. Guy was dead. Okay. <laughs> it started in the Netherlands. It ended in the nether realms. Whoa. Whoa. Then the That's next... a tagline for my movie that I'm writing about, Wilhelm Falls. Good. <laughs> then eventually it ends up with Greek merchant Simon Moncherides, who owned the diamond, and his eventual curse was that he drove his car over a cliff and killed himself, his wife, and his child. Shit. So, murder, murder, suicide. Cool. Eventually, after that Greek merchant, it ends up with Evelyn Walsh McLean. Hey! And that's how it ends up in America. So, Evelyn Walsh McLean was a spoiled heiress who lived a charmed life until she bought the Hope Diamond. Oop. She happily wore the diamond, and there are even stories that she would affix the jewel to her dog's collar and let him wander around the apartment with it. She's okay, probably like asshole. watching it like sparkle That's like, true. You know, with her little pupper. But wearing the Hope Diamond came at a steep price for Evelyn. Seems to be with everyone. First, her mother in law died. Cool. Then her son died at the age of nine. Great. And then her husband left her for another woman. Fabulous. And then he also later died in a mental hospital. Knocking it out of the her, park. Her daughter died of a drug overdose at 25. Incredible. And eventually, she had to sell her newspaper, which she owned. The Washington Post. Hey! And there's the Salt Bay sprinkling on top. <laughs> and then she died owing huge debts. Cool! Evelyn's surviving kids sold the diamond to Harry Winston, and nine years later, Harry Winston, so the famous yeah. jeweler, or jeweler. Talk to me, Harry Winston. Tell me all about it. Exactly. Mailed the gem to Smithsonian for $2.44 in postage and $155 in insurance. <laughs> I love that he paid $2.44 to mail the Hope fucking diamond. Yeah, so Harry Winston was like, I don't want this. He's please. like, I don't give a shit. Lose it in the mail. Here you go. <laughs> like, so he mailed it to the Smithsonian. And so the last person to be cursed at, before it got to to the Smithsonian was a man named James Todd and I'm so sad about this oh no he was the mailman oh no <laughs> who delivered the diamond to the Smithsonian oh. he had his leg crushed in a truck oh, no! in a truck accident shortly thereafter he also suffered a head injury in a separate accident and Jesus. eventually his house also burned down oh my god all he did was carry it in the envelope it was in he didn't even like wear it or no, have it no he just had to transport it he just handled it. it Jesus so it now lives in a special glass case with a lot of security in and the a lot of white sage being burned and around I wonder it. if the Hope Diamond curse like just understands that no individual person owns it now it's just a full it's just institution a it's yeah. a collective so like there's no one to curse although given the way things are going in DC Maybe. am I right folks uh-huh. I Everything went to um, Friends Ferdinand concert last week yeah. with Connie, 
and during the encore, they played, uh, was it Burn It Down uh-huh. or whatever, but he, like, started the song out with, like, you guys are in D.C. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just burn the whole thing down. Burn it all down. Start burn it, it all again. down. The fire is cleansing. <laughs> it was, it was really funny. All right. Yeah, so, you know, maybe that's what's going well, on with the seemed, Hope Diamond. That seems like. That seems um, and it. think about it like it's been here for a while like what I, it's built up a lot of bad juju um yeah so mrs mclean evelyn mclean owned it until 1947 uh, then harry winston purchased her entire jewelry collection in 1949 uh, and then he had it on like a lot of ex- exhibitions and charitable events mm-hmm. and then 1958 okay. they donated it to the smithsonian so, so six, 60 years so 60 years through the cold war through yeah you know jfk's assassination yeah. um you know what rfk and mlk were both shot 50 years ago this year yeah. it's been living in dc for the last for 60 years shit. from 1958 till now so like Think about all the shit that America's gone through. I mean, there's been ups and downs, but lately it's been, like, a lot of downs. It's because so we have the Hope Diamond. We have the Hope Diamond so in So write your congressperson and say, get rid of the Hope Diamond. Throw and it into the ocean, Titanic style. Yeah, I mean, again, how do you get rid of this curse? Ocean. Ocean? Curse the ocean. Curse the ocean. Like, pick an ocean you don't like. Like, I guess, like, the Arctic Ocean or whatever. But, but... Penguins. <laughs> penguins. The penguins are like, ooh, a diamond. I don't. I think the Hope Diamond wouldn't curse penguins. Yeah, they're too cute. They're real cute. They're It'd real be like, cute. oh, you guys are okay. You guys are okay. You're not trying to be malicious. You're yeah, not... you're not being dicks. Or take it back to from whence it was stolen. Oh yeah, maybe that's why all the bad juju is there. Maybe it's just because it was stolen. Maybe it's not the object exactly. itself. Exactly. If the if the priests or the monks who whomever like cursed it, yeah, go put it back where it came from. Or so help me. <laughs> Go watch Monsters, Inc. And too, then maybe, do maybe DC will stop being cursed, because that's... Oh, yeah, we have all these sports teams that are cursed. Oh, yeah, yeah. we do. We have the DC curse. We talked about yeah. that in our sports episode. We did, because we're sports experts. Exactly. We know all the sports. All of them. Baseball, know it. Basketball, know it. Curling, know totally. it. Totally. Yep. Yeah. But, yeah, so cursed objects. Yeah. Haunted There's objects. There's a lot of them. We can probably keep going we to could. this well. Because I came across so many where I was just like, I don't have time to go down this rabbit hole. I think six was enough for an hour, but we could probably go and do another episode like this in the future. Yeah, easily. Just devote it just to haunted Haunted art. Right? Haunted, I don't know, tables. Haunted. There was an article I found that was like, the ten most haunted gems in the world. (laughs) Like, well, shit. (laughs) We'll just do a gemstones episode. So... If you have stories about haunted objects that we didn't cover today, send them to us. Or if you're like, hey, what about this thing? Tweet at us. Whatever. Give us ideas. If you're related to one of the people who stole the Hope Diamond and you can attest firsthand to the shit that the Hope Diamond brings, go ahead and write to us. Yeah, if you're part of the McLean family. Yeah. What's up? We have questions. We have questions. Also, if you're Sean Robinson, please write to me. (laughs) I have so many questions and I have so many theories as to how to make your life better. Right. So, so many theories. So many theories. In closing, love yourself. Put a bird on it. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Spoop Hour. Maybe do some crystal hearing. 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 <laughs> That's Chris- racist. <laughs> crystal healing. <laughs> Maybe some Reiki. Maybe some good old cleansing, spiritual cleansing. Or if all that fails, just burn it to the ground. The fire is cleansing.
I'm Elisa Lucas from Best Forevers, a podcast for kindred spirits. I'd like to start a movement where we spend more time loving on our friends because although friends are important to us, they're often in the shadow of other relationships. So if you want to love on your friendships a little bit more, embrace friendship a little bit more, or just appreciate your friendships a little bit more, then this podcast is for you. We'll explore all the different ways friendships take place, share the amazing stories of friendship, and discuss best practices for the difficulties that friends may experience. It's time to embrace friendships because without our friends, who would we be? So check out Best Forevers on iTunes, Stitcher, and all the other podcasting listening venues. And be sure to follow Best Forevers Pod on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter.